welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to another full-length episode of the podcast. I'm getting so consistent. I'm so proud. I say that and then I already know next weekend I can't make an episode. At least I don't think I can. Maybe I maybe I will. I'm going to be in Minnesota next weekend. So a week from today is my sister's Minnesota reception for her wedding. So I'm already switching gears a little bit in my head because I remembered like two days ago, hey, it's coming up. We've been planning this for a while, so it feels like June is just forever away. And then it's here. So I'm super excited. But maybe I'll do a podcast from Minnesota. I guess, I don't know. If you want me to interview somebody from my family or have them on the podcast, I would do that if I thought that people wanted me to. <laughs> Your wish is my command. Um, but anyway, uh, thanks so much for listening. I've got a couple of things I want to mention before I dig in. A couple of things. Number one, I redid my website this week, which that's hard. I know some people are creative people. They have an eye for things. I don't have those eyes for things, nor am I creative. I'm just a bumbling idiot when it comes to that kind of stuff. Cause I go into the weeds and as I just choke on my words, I go into the weeds and I get stuck on making this one line and this one font change. And then hours have gone by and I'm really slow at it. And so I, I finish a page and I feel really proud of it, but then I realize how long it took and I get so just defeated. But it's one of those things I could pay somebody to do a new website for me, but I'm not making enough money at this point in time doing the things I'm advertising on my website to justify paying someone to do the website, nor am I turning down work so much that that time that I just spent, you know, would be more valuable. So here we are. Um, I will say Squarespace is amazing. I've used it to create the Miami Beach Bootcamp website, which, you know, I feel like is pretty good. I mean, it's, again, it's, you know, not going to win any awards, but I shouldn't say again. I only said it one time, but anyway, look, I digress. You should check it out. So kristensmithonline.com, it's given a little facelift. It's a lot more concise. I'm not doing online programs right now, and so... My other website was where all my online programs were and I'm just, I'm not doing that anymore. So it's cool, but you know, what's, what happens when you create a website sitting at your laptop? I seem to keep choking on my words. Sorry. Uh, we talked about this last week, how annoying it is when podcasters can't get their lives together, but I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Anyway, I have these widescreen monitors and so the website looks amazing. I build it there and then I go to look at the website on my phone or on my tablet and the dimensions are different. So I have to go in and do a little work, but it's not so bad. I can't just let it fly. So check it out. KristenSmithOnline.com. It redirects right now to a Squarespace domain, but that, that is, um, that'll work itself out. So I'm really proud of it. The photos on there are amazing. They were taken by Simona, my dear friend in Minnesota. She's an amazing photographer and Last July, we did a photo shoot, and we have just hundreds of amazing photos, and um, they made really great photos for the website. Um, but looking at them, I'm like, man, I miss being that shredded. So they don't look like I look right now exactly. I'm about, I don't know. Those were taken a couple of days after my bodybuilding show, so I was spray tan, and I was still super lean and dehydrated. So if you go on there and say, wow, Kristen looks great, well, Sorry. Sorry to disappoint. I don't look quite that same. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I like the way I look just fine right now. I'm very pleased with my body. I'm grateful for my body. There. Okay. We corrected that. Anyway, take a look. Um, and then another thing I started this week I'm really excited about. I have a Facebook group that I've used off and on for different things for my group programs and stuff. And there's a decent chunk of people in there. And then when I'm not like communicating with my community, it just kind of goes silent. And I really wanted to use it again as a way to just connect with people who follow me and whatever. Um, so if you're interested in joining the Kristen experience, it's a group on Facebook and I just started a summer accountability challenge. So basically it's totally free. You join the group and then I've got a little template in there. So week by week you can chase your goals. So instead of saying over the summer, I want to maintain my weight and maybe get a little shredded and then going about your business 
This is a way for you to say, okay, what am I going to do this week to get that done? So how many times am I going to exercise and for how long? What is my nutrition plan going to be? Am I going to log my food every day? And am I going to hit my protein number? Um, and then there's a habit goal. So what maybe it might be, I'm going to cook at home five days, or I'm going to have a client who's got a great um, rule that has been working great for her. She doesn't eat out of packages. So something like that, everything she eats has to go on a plate. That's a habit that's really helping her with her chasing her goals. So you set a nutrition habit, a movement habit, and a, uh, a nutrition goal, a movement goal, and a habit goal for the week for seven days. That's it. And you post them in there on Fridays and then come back for a Facebook Live every Friday at 10 Central, 11 Eastern. I'm gonna, you're going to post how you did in the comments. I'm going to read them. We're going to shout you out and I'm going to offer a fun challenge for the upcoming week. So if you would like some free accountability, join the Facebook group, The Kristen Experience, and then you can attend these Facebook Lives every Friday. If you can't attend live, you can look at the recording and you can still post your goals in the group and interact. If you don't have Facebook, I don't have another option. Um, It's just chose to do it in the Facebook. It's just more accessible for most people. And if you're not on Facebook, just get Facebook. I don't understand why people don't have Facebook. I mean, I understand why people don't have Facebook. It's a hot fever dream, but you know, you can lock it down and then just be in my Facebook group. So if you're interested, I know a lot of you listen to me and I don't interact with you. Um, we aren't connected in any other way, but once in a while I hear, Hey, I love your podcast. This would be a great way for you to get connected with me and um, be a part of the community. So it's totally free. I'm not trying to make any money off you. Just trying to offer a place for goal chasing and discussion and encouragement. So it's my favorite thing. I have Gus on my lap right now and he can see that there's this little mark on the wall and I don't know what he thinks it is, but he's trying to, to get it. I want to let him get it. What is he going to do? Are you going to lick it? Are you going to sniff it? Are you going to clean it for me? What are you going to do? It's dog. Um, other housekeeping notes. I have a daily episode. So I do a little, like, it ends up being about five minutes with the intro and rap and all of that. Um, last week, it was different kinds of mindset hacks to use for your weight loss. Um, before that, there was a little assignment every day for investing in your soul. I haven't been getting any feedback on these episodes and I don't know if anybody cares about them. So if you're listening to the daily episodes, you're getting something out of them, please shout me out because I'm considering not doing them anymore simply because it's um, a lot of time that I invest in these things. And if it's not serving anyone, I need to use my time to serve people because again, I don't make a lot of money off these podcasts. I've made $35 in 2023. So um, it's not a money-making venture. Um, but I do it because I have a passion for just being helpful, being motivating, being inspirational, if I can do that. But if it's not being um, consumed, then I want to be motivating, inspiring, and helpful in a different way. So if you listen, this is your time. Shoot me an email, kristen at kristensmithonline.com, or just go to my Instagram and send me a DM or something. All right, that's enough housekeeping. All right, this week, since I just podcasted last week, I don't have any interesting things to say. Um, In general, I uh, it's been really busy. Boot camp has been you know super fun and busy, but it's getting a little quiet. A lot of people left seasonally, and then this past week we had rain, a lot of rain. So the rainy season is here. So we made the decision to stop having evening classes, which um, it's bittersweet. We really, really wanted to grow our evening classes. Um, and we kind of had some momentum in the beginning, but then people started leaving for the season and now we're getting rain. Um, and just frankly, trying to find coaches to run it. So I'll give you a little insight. So people see the boot camp stuff, people, there's assumptions out there that we're just like raking in the dough because it's $75 a month. So, uh, Kristen doesn't have rent. There's no gym to pay overhead. So she's just raking it in. You know, I see that there's 20 people a class at $75. You know, she's making a couple thousand dollars. You know, it, well, I'll tell you this. Um, when we pay our coaches, some of our coaches trade their membership for coaching and some of them might pay $50 a class. So adding 16 classes a month is $800. That's, I mean, that's all of our profit. I mean, I don't, we don't make profit. I pay my coaches and I don't get paid. So I, my net income or my hourly rate for running bootcamp is like $3 a class. That's how much essentially I get. Um, and I'm not complaining. I do this because I love it. I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't love it because it consumes my life 
and it's my favorite thing in the entire world and I don't do it for the money. Um, but when we add 16 classes a month and I start bleeding money, I'm like, all right, I have to be smart about this. So it's a bummer. Like as a, you know, I own this as a business. I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur, but also it's not necessarily a business in my head all the time. It is a passion. It's a love. It's serving the community. It's my friend group. It's what I love to do. So if I made all the decisions I make based on business, it would be a very different situation out there on the beach and it wouldn't be special like it is. And so I have to juggle between business decisions and like loving, I want to just provide amazingness decisions. I wrestle with it so hard because I love these people. I love this group and it's special. And I didn't set out to start a franchise boot camp business on the beach. And I've spent a lot of time imagining that model coming to life. If I wanted to do that, there's a path for that because the product is amazing. But I don't want to do that. At least I don't want to do that right now. Um, but then I think our community is so special. What if I could build communities like this all over the world? That would be amazing to be able to build amazing, loving communities all over the world. And then I think about my other mission in life and I think I don't have time to do both. And so I set it down. So just a little insight into the brain of me with this whole thing. I feel so much better when I don't think about boot camp as money and business and I just go out there and I have fun and I try to like greet everyone by name and make sure they know that they matter and that I love having them there and I want them to come back and I want them to experience empowerment and joy when they move their body and if they come and experience and associate empowerment and joy with exercise I have one I want that for everyone it's such a passion so it's an interesting thing that Roy and I spend way too much time talking about I feel bad we get together for a bike ride or we go for a walk and that's when my wheels start turning and I just throw out ideas and ideas and ideas we could do this and we could do that and like dating me, marrying me, it's basically just, I mean, I am, I am my passions. And so I am boot camp. <laughs> anyway, but it's wonderful. I love it so much. And it's just a matter of continually figuring out what works, where that break even point is, um, where the time commitment involved isn't, you know, isn't so much that it doesn't make any sense. And I haven't gotten to that point. We, um, we have a wonderful committed membership um, and it, it's a, just a beautiful part of life. So, But just in case you were curious how all this stuff goes, I know that I've made assumptions before about like when I was going to F45 and I knew that their membership was 175 a month and you know they had 100 members, I'm immediately doing math because I'm an accountant like, oh, they're pulling in this much a month and then their rent is probably this and then I know they don't, I know they don't pay their coaches shit. So I'm like, man, those owners are raking it in. But then I looked at what the franchise costs are and what the required marketing budget is and the requirements for all these things. I'm like, oh, that is a bad, bad, bad business model unless you have tons of people. So the assumptions can be made off the front without knowing the, the bottom of it. So I digress. How boring. Boring. Apologies for the boring podcast start. What's not boring? Um, what's not boring is I found a really cool key with my eating behaviors that I am getting ready to do a podcast on. Basically, okay, for those of you who have been struggling with your diet and your weight your whole life, this, tell me, I mean, by a show of hands that I can't see, if you've ever heard people say this, you know, I'm definitely addicted to food. It's so hard. I am emotionally, um, I emotionally eat, I boredom eat, I stress eat. And, you know, it's, it's not like alcohol. You know, if you're an alcoholic, you can quit cold, cold turkey, but it's not like that. You have to eat. So I've heard this a billion times, and I've said this a billion times. But I'm reading this book by Alan Carr, and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. I'm going to be doing a podcast. I'm going to be writing a course about this because it's so transformative. But this book called Alan Carr's Quit Drinking Without Willpower, I started reading it about not drinking because drinking is a big topic with lots of my clients. And it's been a huge key for me to understand that there is a difference between eating um, when I need to eat to fuel my body and eating when it's any other reason. So eating for any other reason is basically like um, alcoholism or a drug addiction. That is the drug. 
the behavior of eating instead of feeling, eating instead of being bored, eating instead of dealing with, you know, emotions or frustration or stress, eating instead of anything. So if my stomach is not growling and I'm not hungry and I'm fed and yet I'm looking for something to eat, there's something else going on. That kind of eating is the thing that has caused me so much struggle. It's the reason why I got to be 400 pounds. And it's the reason every time I stop making progress on living a healthy lifestyle, it's the reason um, to blame because I stop eating for the right reasons and I go back to eating for those other reasons. Insert the blank and fill the blank what yours is. So if we can define those two different kinds of eating with with two different definitions that are understood you can differentiate between what is I ha- well, I have to eat to live and what is the addictive eating. So I've been putting this into practice for a few weeks now and it's been so interesting. And uh, my weight has dropped and my body has exhaled a sigh of relief. A lot of my inflammation has gone down. It's been really struggling since the beginning of the year to get back down to kind of my normal range of weight. Um, I had kind of bulked up thinking I was going to do another show this year. And then I decided to abandon bodybuilding and then have just been really, really working hard on my relationship with eating, with food, trying to get this extra weight off that I packed on to, you know, unintentionally and bulking and just overeating, um, food behaviors that have not been handled. And I've just been struggling. I'll have weeks of smooth sailing and then I feel like I just get stuck again. And bodybuilding prep really, really did a number on me. I, I mean, I could do five podcasts about what it did to my ability to just kind of coast through this eating thing because I feel like I had it all figured out and I was just, I don't know, I was in a really good place with my habits and my relationship with food. Bodybuilding changed all that because it was so extreme. And then getting used to that shreddy shred look is really hard to let go of, which then leads to just a lot of mental noise. So to be able to get up in the morning and say, am I hungry? No, I'm not hungry. And then it doesn't matter that it's time to eat or I'm cooking breakfast for Roy. I am not hungry. Therefore, I do not need to, here's the word, fuel my body. So fueling my body is any time that I put food into my body as a, in a response to physical hunger or in preparation for vigorous activity. So if I'm going to go on a three-hour walk and I'm not hungry, it's still fueling if I decide to have a banana and peanut butter or something like that. Now, if I say, oh, I'm going to walk later, I'm not really hungry, but I think I'll get a burger and fries and a shake and I'll burn that off later. I know in my gut that is not fueling. That is eating because I have an excuse. But to be able to say, I fuel my body. When I'm hungry, I respond to my hunger with a meal. When I am full and I'm satisfied, I'm done eating until the next time I have hunger pain, the next time I need to feel my body. Now, in an hour, I may be bored and go in the kitchen and see an apple. Now, an apple is not bad for me. An apple is healthy. This is where in the past I've struggled because, well, that fits in my macros, my calories. It's not bad for me. I'll eat it. But what I have defined as eating is anytime I put body in, food in my body in response to a feeling that is not hunger or anytime it's not in preparation for vigorous activity. So anytime that there is food that goes in my belly and I am not hungry or getting ready to exercise, that is eating. That behavior has to stop. There is no reason to put food in my body unless I am hungry, period. So very, very clear definitions. So I call it fueling and eating. I am intending to never eat again. I'm intending to fuel my body intentionally forever. And when I follow that, it is amazing. A, how little food I need. And B, how quickly I get full and how long I stay full. And how often I find myself reaching for food when I'm not hungry. It's constant. I mean, I was eating a little bit of food all day, every day. And just by stopping the frequency of what I'm eating and letting myself get hungry... I have reconnected with what a normal meal feels like and what it feels like to be fueled. And here's the side effect. In the afternoon, I've not been needing to take a nap. 
I'm energized in the afternoon. I was taking naps a lot. Now, granted, I'm also sleeping more. So that also does have something to do with it. But I'm sleeping better at night and I don't need a nap. I'm so much more focused when I sit down to work. Sometimes though, I've noticed so much. Like when I was working on my website, I didn't want to go to the next task. And I was resisting, resisting, procrastinating, procrastinating. So I'd get up. Oh, I feel hungry. I got to go to the kitchen. So many times I'd catch myself going to the kitchen why am I going in here? I'm not hungry. Get out of here. So make myself some hot tea um, so that I have something warm in my belly, which I've really learned feels really good um, when I'm not eating to just have warmth in my belly and get back to work. But I'm just noticing so many patterns and avoiding them. I haven't been perfect. There've been definitely times where I'm like, well, I'm not hungry, but I'm gonna eat that and screw you. You're not stopping me. Um, And then honestly, By following my hunger cues, I found that I was not eating enough for a couple of days because I literally was not hungry enough to eat my calorie range. That is not surprising, really, because I had weight loss surgery 10 years ago, and I should not feel hunger as often or as intensely as anyone else. Now, I have to make sure I get my nutrition, so I've been increasing the size of my meals to make sure I get my numbers. Um, It's not good to undereat, but... It's like it reset my hunger cues and reset my relationship with food. I also gave up sugar 100%, except I am allowing up to two grams of sugar, added sugar in things, because sometimes I just really want some mayo or um, something that is you know pretty healthy, but there's a little bit of added sugar. Um, like my peanut butter that I accidentally ate had a little bit of added sugar. So not the end of the world. I won't buy that brand again, but... In general, I'm avoiding all added sugar, which also has reset my hunger cues and my cravings. I do not crave sugar like I was craving sugar before because it's it's like out of my system, which feels really good. I also pulled all the diet soda out of my daily life. So that's something that I feel really bad about. I just got into such a diet soda kick. Diet soda is a cancer in a can. It's so terrible for us. I know this, and yet I was drinking it. And I didn't ever used to drink it in the house, but then I got in the habit of having it in the house. Well, the rule is back on. I do not have diet soda in my house. I do let myself have it when I'm out. So that is my one way to manage my diet soda. And as a result, since I don't go anywhere very often, it's like one or two events a week maybe where I have a diet soda. So all of that together means I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really in tune with my body and my hunger and my satisfaction. And I feel like I finally figured out this last key to my relationship with food. Instead of struggling so hard to stick to my numbers and to stick within my range like I've been the last six, seven months, I don't know, eight months, um, it just feels so easy. I look at the end of the day, I still log all my food. Where am I? Okay, like yesterday, I think I had 1,100 calories in and I thought I was done eating for the day because I only ate in response to my hunger and I chose protein and I wasn't hungry, but all right, I got to eat something because I do have to hit my numbers. That's so new. Before it was, I want to get every single little bit of food that I possibly can because I want to eat all the time because eating is so much fun. And to really switch it to say, eating isn't supposed to be so much fun. Eating is supposed to be fueling my body is supposed to be something I'm doing to take care of myself. And yes, it can be enjoyable, but I don't want to think about it when I'm not doing it. I don't want to think about the next time I'm going to do it. I want to go spend the day doing other things. And when my stomach growls go, oh, okay, it's time to eat. It's working amazingly for me. I'm so excited. It feels like the key that I have needed for so long. So I'm going to continue to implement this and uh, continue to report back. I challenge you though to just check your gut when it's time to eat you sit down are you hungry do you have to eat because if you're not hungry you do not have to eat you can wait until you are hungry even if everyone else is eating i find sometimes i'll make roy breakfast and i'll be so excited to smell it and then i'll realize you know what i'm not hungry and i will sit down and he will eat and i will not eat and it'll be two three hours sometimes before i'm hungry and then nothing sounds good because I mean, I mean, it sounds good, but it's the craving and the it's in front of me thing is no longer impacting if I'm going to eat or not. It's truly, I don't really care what it is. I just want to feel my body. It feels so different than that compulsion to eat. 
So pay attention. If you're not hungry, I challenge you to wait longer. Leave the table. Go do something else. It's not like food is going to dry up and be unavailable to you if you don't eat it right now. I've had to tell myself that a bunch of times. Like you can make eggs again later for yourself. You don't have to eat eggs now just because Roy's eating eggs. So, um, and if you do struggle with drinking this book, I crossed out the word alcohol and changed it to sugar. And it applies to me 100% as far as the addiction to alcohol translates for me into addiction to sugar. Same exact thing. The lies, the brainwashing in my head of I can't have fun or go to parties or go to holidays without having some kind of something out of the ordinary for sugar or for food. It's a lie. It's a total lie. It's a, it's a lie to say that you cannot have fun without sugar or without sweets. It's, you know, if I found out that if I ate sugar one more time, that the next minute I would stand up, take three steps and die like that guy at the end of Kill Bill. Do you think I'd eat any sugar? No, I wouldn't even think about it. So anyway, Alan Carr's Quit Drinking Without Willpower. I highly recommend it. My friend Rachel recommended it to me and um, so that I could understand my clients that drink. I'm lucky I don't, I'm not also addicted to alcohol. (laughs) I've got enough addictions and issues. I didn't need alcohol. Thank you. So I highly recommend it. If you have somebody in your life that is a drinker that you're concerned about, I suggest just sending this to them on Amazon to say, yeah, hey, if they get offended, if the alcoholic in your life gets offended at you for suggesting that they read a book, then you you don't have to feel bad because you are loving them. You are action verb loving them, tough love. So spread it around. I don't get any money if you buy the book. So I don't have a vested interest. I just feel like it was really good for me. So final note um, about the website I meant to mention earlier. I redid the website and there's a page on there that kind of details all the things I do. So if you ever wonder what my programs are and what they cost or what my training, it's all there. And I put the prices there. So you can see what it costs to have monthly accountability calls with me to um, get a nutrition plan, to get a workout plan, to use my app, to do life coaching. All the prices are there. All the packs are there. So if you want to work with me, it's very transparent. Um, Just take a look at that. Um, I would love, love, love to have some more people this summer to train via app. I have a really great beginners program. It's $49 a month. You get the app and you get a different workout every day. It's beginner level. So you do it at home with dumbbells or bands or at your gym with dumbbells, body weight and bands. It's going to get you going in the strength training thing. And then the next month, it's going to progress you. And then the next month, it progresses you. So you don't have to go to the gym and look stupid walking around. I don't know what to do. This is so intimidating. And you don't have to pay a personal trainer there, you know, $75 to $100 to walk around and train you. You have the app. You look at the app. You watch the little video. Oh, that's what that looks like. You confidently go to the thing, do the thing, check it off. It's like having a trainer in your pocket. So it's the lowest price I've ever offered for a full training program. It's $49 a month. It's just all the workouts you need. If you want nutrition with that as well, then it's $99 a month. And if you have a big, hairy, audacious, bodacious goal and you want coaching and accountability and all of that, it's $249 a month. So you can pick a level to work with me and um, I would love to have that relationship with more of you. It's really, really fun. I love, love, love being able to see. I get a little note from the app that tells me what all my clients did today with um, you know, feedback. Laura did glutes three and rated it eight out of 10, very hard. And then a little note, or like Shannon completed weekend warrior and set five personal bests. And I get so excited to see all of that roll in. So it's really fun. So you can find all that kristensmithonline.com and sign up and get going and you can get in really good shape this summer as well as get free accountability with me in my Facebook group. This is turning into one big commercial. I think that's enough. Let's dig into the meat of the episode. So I had an episode recently where I talked about the things that should be really rare in your diet, things you should never eat. And then I talk generally about what you should eat, but it was a great idea of the things you shouldn't be eating. So you shouldn't be eating processed foods. You shouldn't be eating junk food, um, fried foods, synthetic products, that kind of stuff. But uh, Michelle, who listens to my podcast, said, you know, what, what should I eat? When I go to the grocery store, what are some things that I should just buy to eat? So that that's a great topic. Um, not so simple to lay it all out here because there's just so many different options, but I'm going to try to kind of give you a framework. 
So first of all, we have different groups of people. We have meat eaters, we have vegetarians, and we have vegans. Um, I do not coach or deal with vegans because I, I know too much about health and nutrition to ever get behind a vegan diet being a healthy choice for a human. And you can argue with me all you want. I always won't argue with you because I'm not going to change your mind and you're not going to change mine. So I love vegans and I bless you. And I just, I really, I really don't have desire to debate it. As a result, I don't coach vegans. I don't write nutrition programs for vegans. I can't. I cannot in good conscience prescribe somebody to eat tofu, which is a soy product. Or, I I mean, I, I I can't do it. So there are vegan coaches out there that can do all that. So I don't touch that. Now, vegetarian also, it's not, it's not ideal nutritionally. It's not ideal at all. It's, um, most vegetarians are deficient in a lot of really key micronutrients, um, as well as protein. And there's just a lot of health concerns that go along with eating an animal free diet. That's very unpopular right now because plant-based diet propaganda is everywhere. And I will just tell you this, absolutely never, and and you can agree with me or not, I don't care, the science is there, 100% it is insane to put down real food in favor of a processed product, manufactured and called a food product. Absolutely not. It's a common sense check to say, I'm going to stop eating a hamburger patty and I'm going to eat this impossible meat product full of chemicals. Absolutely not. Now there are some products that are, you know, vegetarian, vegan, like black bean veggie burgers that are not so egregious, but you have to look at this stuff and ask who is making money off of the entire population leaving meat and going to a processed manufactured food product. Okay, that's all I'm going to say because I'm not here to make enemies and all of that. But when I'm going to talk about food, I have to preface it that. So now if you don't like meat, I understand if you just don't like meat, um, there are ways to get your protein in where you're not eating red meat. But everything that I say comes from my beliefs and the facts and science based on an animal protein-based diet. So if that's something you just viscerally disagree with, you're viscerally going to disagree with this podcast. And I would say, I'm okay with that. And there are a billion other voices that will give you information that you will resonate with. And I say, go find that. I'm not, I'm not here to fight anybody. And yeah, but all right. So what should you be eating? I tell you, don't eat fried foods. Don't eat junk food. Don't eat processed foods. Well, what the heck am I supposed to to buy at the grocery store. And then, you know, I say the main thing on your plate should be protein. Okay, you got that. But what else goes there? Because, you know, we're not supposed to be eating processed carbohydrates, simple carbohydrates. We should be limiting, um, it should be rare that you're eating pasta and pizza and white bread and things like that. So what do you eat? So first we're going to talk about protein because protein is the most important part of your diet. I talk about it a lot, but the number one question I get is how on earth am I supposed to get all this protein in? You tell me, eat 120 grams of protein and people say, absolutely, that's impossible. Well, it's not impossible. Um, It's very easy once you know what proteins you like and how to prepare them easily and quickly and you simply get in the habit of putting them in your diet. Um, when I started bodybuilding and I started logging my food, you know, the main thing that you eat as a bodybuilder is protein. And I was eating maybe 40 to 50 grams a day and switching it over was really hot, really tough. And then now it's, I mean, I have a hard time because I eat too much protein because it's like, I, it's just such a habit. So all that to say, you will make new habits and it won't be so hard. But protein, if you're going to go to the grocery store, I recommend getting a variety of protein because you can make a variety of meals um, at home and they don't have to take a lot of time. I do not have time to cook. I hate spending a lot of time in the kitchen, but 99% of our meals are eaten here at home. Very rarely do we eat out. Very rarely do we order in. It's just easier and faster, cheaper and healthier to eat at home. And again, that's a habit. If you eat out a lot, 
Just start where you are and say, all right, twice this week, I'm going to cook my food. Start where you are implementing those habits. But when I go to the grocery store, I like to think of, okay, I've got seven days ahead of me. Ideally, I'm going to have enough protein for all my dinners. So starting with dinner, some ideas for dinner, ground beef, ground turkey or ground chicken, get a ground beef or get a ground meat. So ground beef is going to have more fat. Fat is not bad for you, but it's going to have more calories. So if you're going to eat ground beef, you're going to have less quantity on your plate for than you would if you had ground turkey because the fat content's higher. So 400 calories of beef is going to be smaller than 400 calories of ground turkey or chicken. So if you're a volume eater and you like to eat a lot of volume for your calories, I say ground chicken or ground turkey. I prefer ground chicken. I like the taste of it. It doesn't really matter. But get one of those ground meats. So ground meat, what do we do with this? Well, ground chicken, I'll saute it up, fry it all up. I'll put sriracha in it. And then I will eat that with eggs. Scramble them with some eggs. Or I'll put taco seasoning in it. That's the base for a taco bowl. So a big serving of ground chicken with taco seasoning, um, a half a cup of white rice, a quarter cup or half a cup of black beans, salsa, cheese. You have a really filling protein bowl. So you definitely have carbs with rice and beans. Beans have some protein. Um, Rice is carbs, but you have to keep that portion smaller than the protein. We do that a lot around here, taco bowls. You can do that with ground beef, ground turkey, ground chicken. I love eggs, runny yolk eggs with some kind of ground meat with sriracha or chalua. Really, really, really good. Um, Ground beef, you can also make a chili. So you saute some beef. You dump in a whole bunch of cans of tomatoes, rotel, chop up some onions. Again, taco seasoning, cumin. Now you've got a nice beef chili. It's high protein. Then you accessorize it with a little bit of carbohydrates. Put a little rice in there. Roy loves chili with some rice in it. That's a great way to get some chili. That doesn't take long. You don't have to cook chili all day. It's a bunch of garbage. You don't have to cook it all day. So that's one thing to do with your ground meat. You can also make a stir fry. So ground, uh, fry up the meat, put some liquid aminos. I don't recommend soy sauce ever. Soy is bad. Ladies, don't eat soy. Get all the soy out of your diet immediately. Google why. I don't have time to tell you all of the reasons why. Soy is bad. Do not eat soy, especially if you're a woman premenopausal, your hormones, all those things. Google it. Terrible. Liquid aminos taste the same. It's made from coconut. So much better for you. So liquid aminos in with your meat. Put a little, again, sriracha, something spicy, some red pepper flakes, something like that. Now you've got a nice base. You can add some zucchini zucchini noodles. You can add a whole bunch of um, a bag of frozen chopped vegetables. Now you've got a yummy Asian stir fry flavored pile of protein with vegetables. Put that on. Again, a little rice. The number one question, what kind of carbs should I be eating? You're telling me the carbs I shouldn't eat. There's nothing wrong with white rice. There's nothing wrong with brown rice, quinoa, barley. Real grains, get organic, get the best, highest quality you can, and then keep the serving size small. You should be eating protein and you should be accessorizing with carbs. So, Those are some ideas to do with ground meat. Now, actual pieces of chicken. I can't eat chicken breast anymore. I would rather die. I eat so much chicken breast on bodybuilder prep. You can take your chicken breast. You can shove it up your nose. I don't want it. The only time I like chicken breast now is if it were to be like deep fried and breaded, which is not good for me. So I don't do the chicken breast thing. But you know what's really good is chicken thighs. Chicken thighs has some better flavor and there's some fat in it. So again, the volume is less, but it tastes so good. So if you have an air fryer, I get, I get um, chicken thighs that have the bone and the skin sometimes, and I will just trim all that off, and I'll cut the bones out, but the bones will still have meat on there. But I'll air fry all of it, and then the little bones kind of end up being like chicken wings. You can just like eat them. Otherwise, just pay a little more. Get boneless, skinless. So those, I will just salt and pepper and air fry them. They're so delicious. Put them with a little, like, I don't know, barbecue sauce or um, some kind of a grilling seasoning. Really, really good. So you can just eat those with nothing. I mean, we don't always have to accessorize our protein with a side. 
Um, you can shred those up, put them in a little tortilla. So a little tortilla, not ideal carbohydrate, but you can get some pretty healthy high fiber tortillas. Now you've got a nice little wrap. So I love boneless, skinless chicken thighs. There are also really great recipes, skinnytaste.com. I love her website because everything is sortable and filterable based on, hey, I want to cook this in an Instapot. Hey, I want to cook this in an air fryer. Or I want to eat something. I want a recipe for boneless, skinless chicken thighs. That's like low fat or low sugar. She's got a billion recipes in there. So I like boneless, skinless chicken thighs. I also like to just get some rotisserie chickens, take all the meat off the bone and have a whole bunch of shredded chicken that I can use during the week for um, chicken salad. I can um, just eat it on a salad. I can heat it up in a stir fry. So instead of ground meat, I can put shredded meat. So really good. Um, Let's see. I also like to get um, uh, chicken sausage or turkey sausage. So I love breakfast, eggs and sausage, one of my favorite things. So regular pork sausage, higher calories, a lot of fat. It's hard to find a pork sausage that's really clean, like organic, humanely raised. I really try to buy the highest quality meats as possible. So humanely raised, organic, grass-fed beef, that's ideal. And so um, there's a lot of organic chicken sausages and turkey sausages, either the ground up kind you can saute in little crumbles or patties or links that are in the freezer. So I keep those on hand. So for breakfast, I can have eggs and sausage. I can chop them up and put them in scrambled eggs. Um, I'll just sometimes heat them up and uh, make some scrambled eggs and make them into a little sandwich. So keeping some kind of a turkey or a chicken sausage on hand is good. Also, Whole Foods has a line called Belinsky's. They are chicken sausage, like brats, really clean ingredients, just spices and ground chicken, natural casing or no casing, like 100 calories. So that's a great alternative for, say, hot dogs. So I love sausages. So turkey sausage, chicken sausage. Target even has a really nice brand of chicken sausages. Um, Some of them have lovely spices and flavors in them. So That's my recommendation for meat basics, some ground meats, some sausages, maybe some um, boneless, skinless chicken thighs. Um, And then for convenience, I like to get deli meat. I like to grab a handful of deli meat, squirt some mustard on it, roll it up, and that's my on-the-go protein. Fills me up. I don't have a sugar crash or a tired crash because I'm so hungry if I need to eat on the go. So I love deli meat. Um, if you are someone who likes cheese, you can make deli meat and cheese wraps. Just get deli meat that, again, is clean, organic, no nitrates. Ideally, ideally, I know that you have to start where you are and move to ideal, but ideally really clean, healthy, raised animals. That um, So Applegate is a brand I like. At the deli, Boar's Head is a pretty high-quality um, meat, but lunch meat, keep it on hand. It's really great for on-the-go. Um, oh, I failed to mention, if you really like uh, um, if you really like it, pork loin. Pork loin is super lean. So I just watch the sales. I cruise the meat department. I watch the sales. That determines what I get for protein. But pork loin or pork roasts or pork chops, if they're trimmed of the fat, they're really lean, really flavorful. Air fryer, um, bake. I like to bake meat slow. I'll put it in a shallow baking dish with some water, cover it tight, bake it for like 175 to 200 degrees overnight and you get the slow roasted melt in your mouth meat. Great idea. And then burger patties. Get some grass-fed organic beef burger patties and keep them. I make burgers a lot for Roy. He eats them on a bun. I don't like buns. Buns are, you know, crap, but we're working on Roy. Anyway, but you can make a nice big burger pile. So I'll do burgers. For me, I'll do the burger. I'll put a fried egg on it. Um, Sugar-free ketchup, mustard, pickle, onion, lettuce. Eat it with a knife and fork. Giant pile of protein. Delicious. Super easy, again, to make in the air fryer or throw those burgers together. So some great ideas for protein. Um, The most favorite protein that I eat is eggs. So eggs and egg whites. I eat eggs at almost every single meal. I think I mentioned it so far. I eat breakfast for dinner a lot. For lunch, I often make an egg sandwich between like I make make scrambled eggs and then make them kind of get thick and cut them into a little square put a turkey sausage in between and it's like a little egg sandwich reds is a brand 
that makes frozen egg witches you can get at Costco, which is an egg patty, a turkey sausage patty, and another egg, and you can microwave it. So again, not perfectly clean in all the ingredients, but a great way to get protein. So eggs and egg whites should round out your grocery with, um, with your protein. If you like fish and seafood, you're in luck because they're just basic white fish. Throw it in the oven and bake it or throw it in the air fryer. Really good with just, we eat around here a lot of orange roughy with rice. So you could put some color on your plate. That's a white plate. But if you want to add some vegetables, that's totally cool. But nice big protein bomb. I like to get just a nice basic seafood seasoning. We don't have to go crazy. I put the fish in the air fryer frozen. I put it on the lowest temperature for about 10 minutes. That thaws it out. Then I cut it in the middle. And like sometimes I'll cut it into four pieces. Then I air fry it. And like... 355 minutes, I check it with a meat thermometer, get a meat thermometer, it's done. It's easy. For people who say they don't have time to cook dinner, I defy that 100%. You just don't have ideas to follow because cooking your own dinner is faster than a drive through 99% of the time if you know what to do. Protein in an air fryer, the end. It's so easy. It's just about getting in the habit. So try setting a certain number of nights a week that you cook dinner, make yourself just get in the habit. Anything that you have ever done in your life, you've had to learn how. Getting used to cooking at home is something that you have to learn how to do, but you're going to save so much money, time, and health for it. So, okay, so there's all your protein. What do I eat with protein? So to put a carbohydrate with protein, A, I would say you don't need to think so hard about it. You don't need to have carbs with, with everything you eat. Protein and vegetables is always going to be the healthiest base for your meals. So we have this idea, the standard American diet, we have to have a grain or a starch. It's not true. We don't need that every time. We're getting enough of it in every other parts of our life. We don't have to. But if you like that combination, you say, okay, I want you know, protein, carbs, and fats at every single meal and I want a carb, then I already talked about it. Rice. Get some kind of of, um, rice that you like, white or brown, it doesn't matter. One is better in one way, the other is better than the other. In the end, just pick the one you like. Small portions, so half a cup, that's a portion. Um, Rice, beans also have protein in them. It's very small amounts. So people who say, oh, I don't need to eat meat, I can get my protein from vegetables and beans. Yes, you can get a lot of it, but it's very hard. You have to eat a lot of volume and that protein is not used by the body as efficiently or as completely as animal protein. It's proven. Again, I'm not going to fight you on it, but you can definitely get trace protein from beans, from broccoli, from quinoa. You have to eat a lot of quinoa. People say, oh, I like quinoa. There's protein. Yes, there is. There's not, you know, not much protein in rice, if any, but the volume of quinoa that you have to eat in order to get protein um, is a lot. A lot. And then that's a ton of calories. And trust me, you don't want to eat that much quinoa. It's not that delicious. So I really like barley because rice has a high glycemic index. So I have a big response, um, a blood sugar response to rice. I can't eat much of it without getting sleepy because of my uh, response to the glucose. Barley and farro, very much more dense. They don't have that same effect on me. So I like barley. I will boil barley in chicken broth to make it taste really good. Use that on the side as a side. Um, oatmeal for breakfast is a good carbohydrate. I'm not a fan of breads, but if you're going to do bread, Ezekiel bread has a lot of fiber and a lot of really healthy things in it. So that's a great breakfast carb. Um, oatmeal, um, granola is highly caloric. Be careful with granola. I bought a big thing of granola last week and it was so good, um, that I just ate too much of it and it was way too many of my calories and I was super bummed. So you have to watch the calories in these things because they sneak up on you. But rice, beans, barley, um, if you like plantains, plantains are a great carbohydrate source, sweet potatoes and white potatoes. Those are probably the best options for you. White potatoes get villainized because they don't have the same profile as a sweet potato, but they're both healthy for you. Get organic. There's some of the dirtiest things that you can eat as far as pesticides go. Get organic. Um, And again, keep your serving to three to four ounces, period. They taste so good, you're going to want to just eat them all day. But that's how we get into the problem with not feeding our body enough protein and eating too much carbs. 
Carbs are sugar. We are trained to have an emotional response to sugar and to want to keep eating sugar. So add those to your grocery cart, some sweet potatoes, some white rice, some barley, some oats. Now you've got a great building block to go with the proteins. Now fat, fat finds its way in enough. I don't really find there's reason to intentionally add fat to your meals. There's going to be fat in your animal proteins. There's going to be fat in um, sauces. And if you like to cook in oil, butter, um, you're going to get your fat. Egg yolks are fat. Eggs are mostly fat. So you don't have to often intentionally add fat to your meal in order for it to be there. But if you do, especially ladies, you want to make sure you get um, enough fat. 50 grams of fat a day usually is the bare minimum. Um, So things like avocado, People say, well, I have a healthy breakfast. I have avocado toast. That's awesome. That's a fat and a carb. Where is your protein? Um, Now, if you had three eggs and a piece of toast with avocado on it, you would have some protein in the eggs, but you'd also have a lot of fat from egg yolks and avocado and toast. Just because something is trendy and they've called it healthy does not mean that it is ideal for a balanced diet. So I'm not against avocado toast, but add some protein to it. That's where I would say I would eat mostly liquid egg whites, like a whole bunch, a cup of liquid egg whites. I'd cook those up with one egg. That way I'm getting lots of protein with a little fat to go with my fat in the avocado. So avocado and then nuts. Nuts are a great way to get healthy fat. Um, I hate to ruin your life, but get raw nuts. The way they roast nuts, they roast nuts with seed oils, which seed oils are bad for you. Hot, heated, baked seed oils, even worse roasted nuts. They taste so good, but they're not good for you. So again, this is ideal, okay? If you say, well, I'm going to eat nuts instead of potato chips, I'm going to say, all right, I'm going to applaud you because that's better than the alternative. But when we're talking ideal, they're not ideal unless they are raw. So I hope that gives you a little bit of clarity on some of the things you should be eating. When you go to the grocery store, now all of those things I just talked about are in the perimeter of the store. Avoid the aisles. We've been, you've heard this a billion times. I'm not the first person who says it, but I am going to repeat it because it's true. You should be filling your cart with things from the outside of the store, period. Very sparingly on the things on the inside of the store. So fresh foods, fresh fruits, fresh vegetables fresh dairy. We didn't talk much about dairy, but if you don't like to eat meat, your options are a little bit limited, but Greek yogurt, super high in protein. You can take Greek yogurt and um, add in some cinnamon and some honey, get a little bit of sweetness from the honey. Cinnamon, that's a nice breakfast option. Cottage cheese, amazing breakfast option. Be careful on the fat level. If you like the high fat stuff, awesome. You're going to get some of your daily fat but the calories are going to be higher, so keep your quantity low. When it comes to Greek yogurt, check the label because they fill a lot of those with so much sugar, you may as well eat a Snicker bar. So I like to get the plain unsweetened and sweeten it myself. So if you're going to put, mash up a banana. Banana is really sweet. It's carbohydrates, but it's real food instead of sugar. Uh, Put that in your um, Greek yogurt. Cheese, cheese is a nice accessory. People say like, oh, what about cheese? It's protein. It's mostly fat and it's delicious, but keep the cheese to a minimum because it's fat. And also cheese has a, um, a protein in it that is addictive. They have been doing more and more studies on it. I can't pronounce it, but if you like, I love cheese. I put cheese on everything. Try cutting cheese out for a week and see if you stopped craving it. Um, it's not bad for you, but it can be addictive. So if you don't like eating meat um, in the morning for breakfast, cottage cheese or Greek yogurt, eggs, egg whites. For lunch, how about tuna, tuna packets, um, fresh fish, salmon, things like that on a salad. For dinner, that would maybe be where you have the meat, but maybe you have ground turkey sausages. Maybe you have um, a pork loin or maybe you have a roast so that it's a soft, slow-cooked beef roast. Um, If you don't like a lot of meat, Fish and seafood are your friends, followed by dairy products. So shrimp is super high protein, low calorie. Crab, super high protein, low calorie. Whitefish, again, super high protein, low calorie. Um, It's a great alternative to meat. Beyond that, if you don't eat meat at all, again, I, I don't know what to do for you. I mean, tofu, tempeh, there's this other stuff I can't pronounce. They have high protein, but they're products. 
they're not they're not naturally occurring foods they're not natural foods i mean tofu is a product of soy but do your research don't eat soy um so that's really what be what you should be reaching for now i have a meal plan document that i'm happy to send out it's a six-week weight loss plan and so there's there's two weeks where it's very strict it's very the eat this 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 and this for breakfast lunch and dinner the second two weeks, weeks three and four, have a little bit more flexibility with some other foods in. And then weeks five and six just give you a list. Make your meals from one item from this list, one item for this list, and one item for that list, being fats, proteins, and carbs. It's a great cheat sheet for building meals. I'm happy to send that to you. Send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. I will send that to you. It's a great cheat sheet. But to keep it simple, sit down And write a list at the beginning of the week of what you want to have for each of your meals that you're going to cook at home. Think about what the protein is. Think about what the flavor is going to be and what you need to get. And make sure you have those on hand. So you have the stuff on hand for those meals. And then as for snacks, protein snacks, make sure that you've got things that are quick to grab. Hard-boiled eggs. I don't like to boil my eggs because they are, I always ruin them. So I pay a little more and I buy the pre-peeled hard-boiled eggs. I know that's lazy as hell, but I literally ruin them every time. But you can make hard-boiled eggs in your air fryer. You can make them on your stove. Um, hard-boiled eggs, string cheese, low-calorie string cheese, um, Greek yogurt, beef jerky, that deli meat that you can roll up with some condiments or roll it up around a pickle. Really great options to have on hand. I hope you got some good ideas from this content. Um, If you have more questions, let me know. But um, it's really about making it a habit to create your own meals and to prepare. People get so into this, I have to food prep, I don't have a whole day. Like these people on Instagram where they make 25 meals and put them in the freezer in four hours. Yeah, no, shoot me, I don't want to do that either. Um, Food prep doesn't have to be all day, but it does require some planning and thinking. You plan and think out your week. You're going to make sure you're going to work on time. You're going to make sure that your kids get to school. Why wouldn't you make sure that you're going to fuel the body? It's your job. It's your responsibility. I get very tired of the excuses of it's hard. I don't care. Like, it's really, really hard to get a disease and go through chemotherapy or go be put on medication for the rest of your life or to be able to stop moving, to not be able to chase your kids down the street, to, to not feel good. That's all hard. Surely, prepping your food and shopping to feed yourself is not hard. Really? Have we come so far in this society and all of our behaviors that we really, really can't accept this as our responsibility? It's tough when you are starting from a far, far place from ideal, but you will get there quickly if you start. You have to start. It's not even an option. Like I want to be so loving and supportive to everyone because I know it's so hard, but I also want to look you in the eye and say, don't wait for a diagnosis. Don't wait until it's too late. It gets harder when you're having to do these things and you're sick or and you're dying or you have a horrible disease. That's what happens when we don't take care of our bodies. They will decay. They will disease. They will die prematurely. And before that happens, you will feel yucky living in your body. So it's not negotiable. Just start now with a little bit. Today is Sunday. If you're listening to this on Sunday, pick two days this week that you're going to make every single bit of food you eat. Get excited about it. Make sure you've got the spices. Make sure you've got the ingredients and start. And it might feel really, really hard. And you might say, well, fine, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm eating at McDonald's. We won't talk about that. But you will have started. You will have done a couple of days. Then next week, how many days can you do it again? Can you do it three days? Can you prep for four dinners out of a couple of things? There are resources. It's just going to require some planning and some forethought. And when you decide to do that, feel really proud. It's not easy, especially if you've got kids to feed and a husband to feed. It's not easy. I certainly don't think it's easy, but it's your job. And let's just get to work. Let's get, let's just get to work and stop bemoaning that we have to do it and start empowering ourselves with how we're going to do it. And even visualize how it's going to feel at the end of the week. To start associating that feeling of success with cooking and prepping your food so that it doesn't feel like a drudgery. I know I have have the luxury of saying all this from my little ivory tower. I have a fiance. There's two of us. I don't have kids. I make my own schedule. So I get it. I am not living the life that a lot of people live with 
you know, nine to five jobs and kids in sports and a lot of things. I get it. But you can start and you can move closer to ideal right away. Everybody can. Everybody can. There are ways that you can get healthier starting now with just one decision. If that's just simply buying a rotisserie chicken and shredding it up so that two days you've got some protein, that's a win. If it means stopping at a Subway and giving, getting a giant bowl of salad with some meat on it instead of McDonald's burger and fry, that's a win. I mean, there are always healthier options. Wherever you are on the spectrum, there's a healthier option. If you go to Subway and get a salad and with cold cuts on it and you want to get healthier, guess what? You can go to Chipotle and get a bowl with organic farm-raised meat and not the lunch meat. If you're doing that too much, you can start cooking at home. I mean, there's a spectrum you know, going from the junky crappy food to a little better, to a little better, to ideal. So start where you are and then go from there. So I hope you got some ideas here. Um, it's hard because I, I would prefer to eat breakfast for every single meal. Um, so I have a lot of options for breakfast. Um, I don't often eat lunch conventionally because my schedule's weird. So lunches can be a challenge, but that's where I say, if you like something for breakfast, does it have to be eaten for breakfast? Can you eat it other times of the day? I often eat breakfast for dinner because I just like it. So buck the trends and the traditions and do whatever you want. So, all right, I think that's all I have. If you're a vegan, I love you. I just don't agree with your eating. So we can still be friends. We just shouldn't talk about food. (laughs) Anyway, all right, much love to you. I'll talk to you next time in Podcast World. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.